right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Josh Helmer, how about that for an hour, right? Ginny Baranchek, Skyler Van, Maddie Williams, Kennedy Tucker, Peyton Verholst, Nevaeh Todd, and Liz Scott. I got them all. Got them all. Let's go. Were you fired up, Helmer? Are you going to go tomorrow? Absolutely. How awesome was that? That's great. And I am working as we speak feverishly to get it up on the podcast page ASAP. Well, I got one more. Josh Poteet, better known as Poteezy, uh, joins us here. And I don't know if you caught the in-break conversation, but he's also got himself a role in a future endeavor for us because as many of you know who listen to this station regularly or this show, I am a diehard Raiders fan. Josh is a diehard Chiefs fan. With our man Perry, he's a diehard Broncos fan. So, Petit, we've been looking for a diehard Chargers fan for our AFC Best podcast. Who's your favorite AFC team? I would I would go with the Chargers. And what's funny, Plank, is, is that it's the we'll AFC this. Best podcast. That's right. It's, it's great because the Chargers are the best team in the division. Oh, no. Okay, well, this will work. I think you're <laughs> off to a great start. We'll roll here. Um, Josh Petit, in addition to being a Chargers fan, is also – I, I believe it's still considered media relations, communications, contact for OU women's basketball. So let's just kind of learn a little bit more about this team and what we've seen out of them so far in 22-23. They've just been seemingly shot out of a cannon from the start, haven't they? Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a season, I think, that had high expectations from the start, right? Whenever mm-hmm. whenever Maddie and, and Anna and Taylor um, all, all make that choice to come back, it's um, – expectations are high from the jump and so the the ability to learn how to manage those expectations I think for them um, were, were big um, but but coach Jenny I mean I think that her big thing right is is to empower these women to be um, so confident in who they are and so right. I think that that is a super uh, important catalyst in, in their success and how they've been able to start hot this year I I have really enjoyed watching Jenny Bronchek coach and getting to follow it from afar. She has a great personality about her. She's a fierce competitor. But in doing so, it's with this passion for the game. You see a different side of her, right? You see it when you're preparing for the season and the media stuff. What has it been like for you in the last two years with, with Coach Baranchek? Your first two years with Hoops, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been great. I, I started with the women's team um, in September of last year so just before the start of last season um so i was i've been here you know jenny got here in april uh and and so i've been with them ever since they've been playing games and and you're right i mean i think she her and we say this all the time you and i off the air is that she's so infectious like her personality her energy uh, her passion is, is infecting and so um, it's hard to whenever you're sitting at the scores table behind her in the middle of a game. It's hard to not <laughs> to not get into it to not give you're some guilty. Fist, not give some fist pumps. And so, I gotta be better at that. You and me both. You and me both, sir. <laughs> well, you've got to be much more neutral than I have to be. Do I? I don't know. I just always kind of thought that. <laughs> I'm supposed to. I, I'm supposed to too, and I'm up there jumping around like a freaking fanboy on the front row, but loving it. But that's what that that's. Let's get. That's why we're here, right? That's why we're here today. Because and not and, and Porter's team is practicing as we speak. This these two programs deserve a great crowd. They deserve a great following. We spent an hour talking about the women's team, but in that, you know, we're also here to say you got to get out for a full day of hoops because, Josh, we've seen the difference this makes on the road. <laughs> we've mm-hmm. gone to some tough environments. Yeah. This place is a great place for a home crowd. 
we we need to pack it in a little bit more, don't we? Yeah, it, it, it's this this team feeds off of runs and off of energy, and I think that um, Jenny says all the time in, in post game, you know, to me, to others, uh, when she talks to to fans that come once, if you come one time, we guarantee you'll come back again because the brand of basketball this team plays is so fun. It's fast paced. They're going to score a ton of points. They're in the top five in scoring. They're in the top three in pace nationally. Um, there's there's not a more exciting team in the country that you can watch, I don't think. And so um, we've been to places like Hilton in Ames. We've been to the Octagon of Doom in Manhattan. I mean, we've been to some places where it's a tough environment, and it matters. And so if people can get here, they will come again. And I think more important is, like, people shouldn't take for granted how special this team is. You, you do not get Maddie Williams, Taylor Robertson, Anya Nusa on the same team with this much experience ever again. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, they're going to th- – those three players will finish in the top ten all time in points in OU history. Three on the same roster. On the same roster. That's that, incredible. That doesn't happen. And so I think that fans need to not take it for granted and, and try and get out here. Um, we just put out a tweet that's like and retweet for a chance to win five tickets. And so we're giving them away. Please come support this team, support these women, and uh, we promise you won't regret it. I- I'm going to like and retweet it, but I don't want the tickets. I just want more people <laughs> to like and retweet it because I would be here uh, as well. And I got, in fact, since we're talking about it, I got four tickets that we'll give away right now uh, at 405 329 Just pick them up at the station. Uh, Josh will take your name, and we'll sell, we'll help fill four seats here, hopefully, if not more, on Saturday afternoon. Um, we saw history on Wednesday night, and we just talked to Maddie Williams. She's part of that trio that you just can't say enough about. You know, uh, I'm going to try to do it off the top of my head, and I won't, but uh, 2,000 career points. Yep. 800 rebounds? 850. All right. She actually just crossed 900, too. Oh, wow. Uh, and 200 assists. 300. Oh, dang it. I know. You I were good. Cut. I almost yeah. cussed. I was Matt, but she's she's special, man. And yeah. you got a sense of her personality there. It's just someone we're going to watch playing the WNBA next year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Maddie is the first player ever, as you said, to, to get to 2,000 career points, 850 rebounds, 300 assists, among a host of other incredible accolades. I mean, it's... She is an incredible basketball player, um, but I think what makes Maddie so special is that, like, who you talk to, who, who who you talk to on the radio, is who she is. As you know, I mean, you travel with us, and I think that um, people just, if they can meet these these, these players, they'll mm-hmm. fall in love with them, and, and they're so easy to root for. And Maddie is such an incredible talent that that's going to play basketball for a long time. Um, and that just it, it, it doesn't happen that often. And right. fans fans are gonna want to see it. I love I love watching this team. I so I said this when we got back on Thursday and Josh Petit is with us. It's the Plank Show with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank, Soonersports.com slash hoops. Uh, get a four ticket for forty dollar deal for Saturday's game, both the men's and women's. And I think there's you know, you if you can't go to two on Saturday, there's other games that are part of that package. Just go to Soonersports.com slash hoops. I came back on a Thursday show. And in the crossover with Toby, I said, this team's got a chance. Now, I watched South Carolina last night. It's a really good team. I see Gino Ariema come back from UConn. It's a really good team. Those are going to be, you know, I, I watched the Big 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Baylor, Texas, Iowa State, all really good teams. But 
this team has a chance. I know where they are in the net. We got some work to do, but they've got a chance to make a run this year. And I just, I think that's exciting. Looking forward. Yeah, I, I, this team, we we keep saying it. They're so so special, and right. I think that, um, you know, they they can make a run. It, it's one of those things. There's so much parity. I talk to our coaches all the time about this. How. Um, felt like for years, right, that, that women's college basketball was dominated by one, two, three, maybe four teams. Um, don't get me wrong. South Carolina's really, They're really good. They're still really good. <laughs> Stanford's really, really good. Connecticut's really, really good. Tennessee, Indiana, NC State, all these teams. Um, but the way that we play, with the, with the amount of points we can score, if we play well, we can win. And, and I think you're right. We can make a run. And, and Anna, Maddie, and Taylor all have said this on the record, that they came back to win a championship. Right. And, and if you're not playing for that, then why are you playing? So, um, oh, I have the schedule here in front of me. So this weekend, you get the Kansas game. Yep. Midweek trip to TCU. Yep. The next Saturday is Bedlam here inside the LNC. So two massive – Kansas not a bad team. They're a little, little above us in the net rankings right now. Oklahoma State right there with us in the net rankings right now. But, I mean, you <laughs> – Texas – um, is is coming here on February 25th. Uh, Kansas State, really good. Well, I know their best player got hurt, right? So they're, they're still pretty good. They're still a pretty good team. I mean, you start looking at this home schedule going forward, Josh, there, there isn't a game that you would want to miss. I not, mean, that's just how talented this league is. Not a single, yeah, not a single one. I, I tweeted this actually um, during the Texas Tech game. For those who, who don't know, I run the social for – the women's basketball team, and um, we're in Lubbock, and it's it's another tight game, which it feels like it always is. In this <laughs> Every league. single and, time and, we and, go there. And I think my tweet said, no nights off, because in this league, there are zero nights off. If you do not show up and play well, you'll get beat. Mm-hmm. And this is, so tomorrow's game, it's the first time since 2010 that we will have played three straight top 25 opponents at home. And it was like UConn, Nebraska, and Oklahoma State. Oh my gosh. It's just the fifth time in program history it's happened. And so the Big 12 is deep. It is good. There's not a single game on the schedule that you're going to want to miss here at Lloyd Noble. Um, and, and this team brings it every single night. I'm just looking at the roster. And, you know, we had a chance to talk to Kennedy Tucker. And I haven't talked to her very much. But we didn't really get an opportunity to talk to some of these freshmen, Beatrice, and the impact that she uh, can potentially make this is you know one of the themes for today hasn't just been get out here and support this team and they're really good with maddie on and t rob but in the the players that you've given us josh and i'm very grateful man you made that that last hour a breeze and i hope fans enjoyed it but the future of this program is really exciting too because in addition to seeing and i i don't think liz does liz have another year liz has another year okay, if she wants it if she wants it but you're looking at you know, Skylar Van and Nevea Todd are going to be the they're going to be the two returning stars on this team next year. And you're going to need Kennedy Tucker. And you know, you're going to need oh, why did I just blank on our Louisville transfer? Peyton Verholtz. Peyton Verholtz. I mean, these are these are players who are going to play a major part in a very bright future for this league. And you're seeing these freshmen get a few minutes, and you realize, okay, we're going to be really good for a while. Yeah, I, th- I think you look at our roster, and Jenny talks all the time about how. Um, so much attention, right, is paid to Maddie, Taylor, and Anna because they've been here for like a combined 130 years. And um, 
you look at the other end, and, and we have so much young talent. And we've got more coming in next year with Sahara Williams and, and Landry Allen, a couple of top 100 players in the country. And so um, you're right. I mean, Skyler, Nevea, Liz, Peyton, um, all of these, these young players who are getting experience now um, are, are, the, are the building blocks of what we're going to build uh, once, once those three are gone. And so they're incredibly talented. They work hard. And they've got experience, which I think is what, which is what's special. All right, I got some bad news for you before you say adios. Mike Williams ruled out for the Chargers this weekend. Oh no! So now uh, it's, but, already, it's already started. It's <laughs> Josh. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Blank. I appreciate you. You're the best. That's Josh Potit, Potizi, all over media relations for the OU women's basketball team. SoonerSports.com/hoops. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and do the top five stories of the day. Plus. Uh, your texts and tweets, 405-651-3439. And, of course, at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, this is the home of Sooner fans. You know what I did realize, though? Uh, one thing, Josh, I get to do something on either Saturday or Sunday that I haven't done in 30 years. I get to watch football with my dad. So that's, that's pretty awesome. I, just, uh, I was just thinking about that last night. So I'm heading home. I'm off on Monday, and uh, then we'll be back on Tuesday to recap a wild weekend of uh, OU basketball. And I don't know. Do you expect the portal closes on, what would that be, Wednesday of next week? Um, I, I don't expect anything more. But then again, what did we talk about earlier this week? We haven't talked a lot about OU football today. Um, Emmett Jones made his debut last night on Coach's Corner. Or excuse me, pardon me, the uh, the huddle. I just posted that on Soonersports.com slash podcast or simply search Sooner Sports Podcast. However, you consume a podcast if it's, I don't know, if it's uh, Spotify, if it's Apple, that's how I use. Just simply search Sooner Sports Podcast. But I, I don't, I, I don't know if we really expect too much more news out of the portal, right? It's there's a couple of receivers. We had the the Xavier Worthy story that seemed to pick up a little bit more momentum. But I don't know. Do, do you get the sense that it's going to be? A, well, I, I'm cursing it right now, but I I get the sense that it could be a quiet weekend. But every time I I feel that, Josh, something crazy always seems to happen. Right. It wouldn't uh, wouldn't really surprise me either way if Oklahoma's done or if there's one or two more names before uh, Wednesday. Because there are two names. Neither, I mean, well, one ended up being a pretty consistent contributor, but it was, you know, on the other side of the football and DJ Graham. But I don't know. Outside of David Aguebu and maybe Nick Evers so far, there's there really hasn't been too terribly much that I would say has come away as as shocking out of the portal for the Sooners. And again, the most recent news, or at least the uh, the update from yesterday, was that as far as offensive line targets are concerned, Walter Rouse did indeed go to to Nebraska. Um, did you? Speaking of David Aguebu, because I do feel like we'll continue to follow him, did you happen to – was it you that kind of opened up our eyes that maybe there's a 
a possibility that Aguebu could end up with your Hawkeyes? Yeah, I haven't seen anything in the way of he's been offered publicly. It's been pretty hush-hush, but, you you know, there's some investigative reporting going on out there, some this social media following that social media. So it, it looks like there's some, some interest for Iowa, which would make sense because guess what? They lost a, a talented linebacker to the portal. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, no question. All right. Um, it is 1124. Let's quickly revisit our story from hour number one. That was the latest in kind of as, as, as things for the Cowboys turn with Derek Mason and his exit from, I guess you could say, exit from coaching. Um, we spent a lot of time in hour number one talking about this uh, this saga. There's a couple of tweets that I, I wanted to get to because I thought they were really good on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Um, this was from Frisco Sooner. It's from Frisco Sooner. And I'm curious to get your take on Spencer Sanders from this text. In my opinion... The reason Spencer Sanders hasn't found a home yet is because where he is a great athlete, he is also a turnover machine waiting to happen. The places he wants to go are contenders, and those teams have no interest in a quarterback who doesn't take care of the football. Thoughts, Josh, on that? I I don't I am very shocked he doesn't have a team yet, but He's been linked to a lot of big places. Who's a better quarterback? Slam dunk J.J. McCarthy over Spencer Sanders? Because I, I mean, I don't know that it is for me. I don't know if it is. Am I? Okay, here's, here's something. Here's something. Do I overvalue Spencer Sanders? Because, you know, Teddy's talked about this a lot. What was Spencer Sanders' best game that he ever played before maybe this season? His very first game, (laughs) the Oregon State game. He looked amazing in that game. But he's a veteran quarterback who has won a lot of games and has shown, I mean, guys, look where Oklahoma State was without him last year. Look, take a moment and, and just – and then look where they were once he got hurt. I I personally – I don't think – bro, no one was a bigger turnover machine than Bo Nix whenever he was at Auburn. And I'm sure someone can dig and say, well, the numbers – no, Bo Nix was a turnover machine. He went to Oregon and suddenly is a guy that they were begging him to come back and – uh, he came back and now might, might be an NFL quarterback. So when you have the tools that it appears Spencer Sanders has, Josh, and I say appears just because I know we want to fight over this, tell me there isn't a coach somewhere that needs a quarterback that wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I need that guy to come here. I, I can fix him. Every coach thinks they can fix a guy. So I, I get what you're saying, Frisco, sooner, but I don't know if that would be something that would stop anyone if it wouldn't stop anyone from going out and wanting to bring him in. Here's one real quick from True Sooner, who writes, if Dylan Gabriel had left Oklahoma, Sooner fans would have taken him, as would OU, with open arms. Yeah, I think, I think the fan base would have uh, 
<laughs> at least initially kind of been a little bit uneasy about just taking taking the face of the Oklahoma State program and, and celebrating it. But after a short period of time, I think you realize, okay, look at all this experience and production. And, yeah, then from that point you're probably, at least for you know a one-year rental situation, somewhat excited about it. And a lot of programs around the country would feel that way about Spencer Sanders. He's won a lot of football games. He's thrown for a bunch of yards. He's run for a bunch of yards. With the right pieces around him, I think he could be great. You know, we um, we went through a list that 24-7 sports put out yesterday that had the best remaining players in the portal. And w- one of those one of those guys is a guy that I love, and Dante Cephas. Now, Dante Cephas isn't in the portal because nobody wants him. Okay? Um, Arlen Bruce, Josh, from Iowa, he's still in the portal. Is he in there because nobody wants him? Or is he maybe waiting for an opportunity? Same with Sam Heward, who is a really good quarterback, big-time prospect. But Michael Pinnock came in. He got mad and left. I, I, probably unfair of me to say he's got mad. Spencer Sanders is considered the sixth best prospect left in the portal. I don't think teams are hesitant to bring him in. I think he's going to end up at Auburn, more than likely. If not, you know they find a way to bring him back to Oklahoma State. But it's just you start looking at everything that's gone wrong at Oklahoma State this off season, and with kind of the little tit for tat on social media last night, where. You know, Gabe posted the audio, which we got into an hour one of Robert Allen laying out the scenario from what he's gathered reporting-wise in an Oklahoma State perspective to Spencer Sanders kind of sniping back on Twitter but being very vague about it. You know, I, I just think it's a fascinating underlying story to what has been a pretty tumultuous two-month stretch here for Oklahoma State Cowboy football. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that – Somewhere along the way, there's a disagreement between Mike Gundy and the offensive staff and Spencer Sanders, right? I mean, whether it was the narrative that Oklahoma State's trying to put out there that uh, basically, hey, uh, you know, I'll play in the bowl game and then I'm going to explore the portal, or if uh, it's the opposite to where Whatever else happened, right? I mean, clearly there's some sort of dysfunction or disagreement on the two sides. And, I mean, it could be as simple, too, as Oklahoma State's right and what they're saying is totally true. And Spencer Sanders has had a great career and a nice little run at Oklahoma State. Now he wants to do something different, which, if that was the case, I don't think anybody would really blame Spencer Sanders for that, would they? Outside of Oklahoma State fans that, look, just don't want to lose their quarterback? Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, one other quick text. We'll get a break and hit the top five stories of the day. This is from the 731. And this gets on one of my fun off-season rants, but I'll keep it concise because we have works to do, people. For the 731, they write, how do we feel about Joel Clad calling the football team an outside-looking-in top-10 team coming into the 2023 season? Is it nothing more than a talking head trying to beat everyone before others jump on that bandwagon? I'm going to give you a piece of advice that no one's going to listen to and that everyone's just going to go off and do their own thing. 
way too early top 25s are meant solely for one thing and one thing only, to give us something to talk about, to generate some reaction, to get a click or two. I like people get mad whenever, whenever they say, well, it's not clickbait. It absolutely is. Every single top 25, and, and I'm guilty of this too, man. Hey, listen to my SiriusXM show this weekend. Oh, I'm going to talk way too early top 25s because I know people will call, and I know people will react, and I know you'll get PO'd, but don't. That's the whole purpose. This is, uh, this is a great time to share that I will be revealing my <laughs> way too early top 25 here shortly. Let me tell you how off-season rankings are going to go. You ready? Georgia's going to be number one again. Alabama's going to be two or three. Ohio State will be up there. And then there'll be a group of teams that everyone will fall in love with that will include names like Florida State, Texas, LSU. Who am I leaving out, Josh? Who's another one of those teams? Well, I think with the Garrett Riley news, you'll start seeing Clemson climb back up that chart quite a bit. But not a single one of those way-too-early top 25s had TCU as a top-four team last year. And probably just about every single one of them had Georgia. So take them for what they're worth. I I, I dig them because I dig the content. But what, what do I make of Joe Klatt's? He got you to click on it, man. If it was a video or if it was a... If it was a tweet or if it was just, you know, him talking on Fox. If I'm sitting here and they're like, hey, listen, um, talk about some teams that you think could be top ten teams next year. I'm probably going to mention Oklahoma, Texas. Who's a team that was outside of the top ten? That um, well, Florida State ended up in the top ten, so that won't work. Oh, oh I'll throw Miami in there. Yeah, I get their fan base. I'm going to find – the fan base that is the hungriest and the thirstiest that will get involved and sell me on how great their team is going to be. And, boys, we look like a, a, a thirsty fool crawling through the desert right now for content like that. So, bang, it reel us right in. I dig it. I, oh, this is good. Sugar Shane from Newcastle. Texas A&M will be ranked sixth. Uh, that's funny. I already heard that. I had heard people talking about it, Josh, and I'm not even kidding. I've already heard it. Well, you know, maybe what A&M has going on right now has been a little addition by subtraction. It's already starting. Thank you, Shane. All right, uh, quick break. It's 11.34. Anything else you want to hit on for the text line that caught your eye while we were talking some women's soups? Let's see here. Yes, this is uh, OU took Jalen Hurts on a one-year deal. And delighted that OU resurrected his NFL prospects after leaving Alabama. Oklahoma would definitely enjoy showing up Oklahoma State by doing more with their best quarterback than they did. Now, that's a hypothetical situation that just simply isn't going to happen. But uh, I guess gives a little bit of perspective. One texter's mind, right? The, The caliber type of quarterback that Spencer Sanders is. Um, Sure. I like this one, too. Gundy probably doesn't want him back. I guess unless Spencer Sanders is some sort of prima donna away from the field, which I don't know. I don't know Spencer. I've interviewed him a few times. Seems like a good enough kid. 
I mean, that's a guy that has been at least a three-time captain for him. Won a lot of football games. I mean, if if that's the case, and based on the narrative that's kind of been pushed out there, Josh, you can't help but wonder if that's the case. Oh, we just why? don't. We just don't know. We don't know. And I mean, it's not based on some. Based on what we've seen over the years from Mike Gundy, it's not. Without knowing the facts, you could speculate either way. You could speculate that, hey, that's exactly how it went down with Spencer Sanders, that he told him, hey, I'm, I want to play in the bowl game, and then I'm going to explore my options, and then instead he ghosted him. Or it's not the craziest thing to speculate that, based on some actions we've seen over the years from Mike Gundy, that as soon as he said that, Mike Gundy flew off the handle and said, well, whatever, we don't need you around right now. I mean, right. you know, I mean, would right. that surprise you if that's how it played out? No, no, not at all. But we just don't know. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's hit the top five stories today. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on The Ref. All right, Josh. I feel like this is weird. I'm at the top of the LNC. I'm in the uh, kids zone. If if you've ever been to the LNC up here in the – let me see. I'm so directionally challenged. The south end of the arena. So I'm up very high. Like I can't see – the court is – you can see it from here, but I'm a a little back and – Porter's got his team down there practicing. So the problem is, like, your voice carries here, right? I mean, literally, when there's no one in here and they're quiet and they're trying to practice, I mean, the last thing that Porter probably wants is some some schlep up here yapping about transfer portal. and Right. <laughs> so I, I apologize if I sound like I'm trying to be quiet, but in all honesty, I'm trying to be quiet. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. That would be uh... – Dude. Mildly uncomfortable. Could you could you imagine Porter twisting off on me? He's like, "What are you doing? Get down here and start running line tappers." Do people still run line tappers? Because that's like a nightmare. I wake up in the middle of the night afraid that Mr. Davis is making me run line tappers for eighth grade basketball. Oh, okay, good. Everybody has uh, different names for what that uh, drill is called. What was yours? Well, I don't even know. I'd probably get in trouble for – I mean, it was suicides growing up. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh, yes. <gasps> yeah, that would probably get us canceled if, if a coach decided – Don't make that an out-of-context, people. <laughs> All right, you ready to do a, a quick version of the top five stories of the day? I think we're ready to do a quick version. Let's go. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. <laughs> Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. <laughs> I, I I love I love how careful we have to be now in everything that we say. <laughs> you you even in talking about a drill you ran. I mean, it just kind of shows you the world we live in. We're talking about a drill that all of us ran in grade school, into junior high, into high school, and you're like Ah, they were called suicides, but I don't really know if we could say that anymore. You're right. We can't. All right, top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino, where real gamers come to play. That's R-E-E-L. And the best reels in town brings you a big story, number five. Number five. Well, boys, we talked about it a lot yesterday, and it becomes official today. Mississippi State has named its new athletic director, and it is Zach Selman. Georgia Southern AD Jared Banco, who had previously worked at SM, uh, Mississippi State, was another top candidate. Zach has been an integral part 
of fundraising and stakeholder relations at Oklahoma since returning to Norman in 2015. He um, he's a stud, and this sucks, but it's also awesome. You know, it's it's I hate it because. Zach is such an awesome piece of what is happening here at OU and such a uh, supporter of all things, you know, media-wise. He was a big fan. I, well, I say he made me feel like he was a big fan of what we're doing. I don't know if he was or not, but he made me feel like it. And I liked his family. Uh, his his wife is is a rock star. His daughters, Meatball's a rock star. They're, it's a really cool family. So, you know, now that – uh, Selman takes over at Mississippi State. He becomes the first black athletic director in Bulldog history and is just 37 years old. I would have to say that's among the youngest athletic directors in the country, too. So kudos to Joe Castiglione, man. He graduates another one of his uh, guys in his quote-unquote front office to a, an AD's job, and it's a pretty big one in Zach Selman. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that had kind of viewed Zach Josh as the next – AD at Oklahoma, but we talked about this a lot yesterday. you got to go out and prove that you can do it, and probably a pretty good sign that maybe Joe C's not going anywhere for quite a while. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable takeaway to have here. So, obviously, the, the other part of it is just it speaks to what we always say when whether you're a head coach and one of your assistants gets plucked away, or in this case, an athletic department, means Oklahoma runs a great athletic department, right? And uh, folks really think highly of the personnel in said athletic department, and that would be uh, Zach Selman getting an opportunity, which well-deserved for him. Wish him all the best. Uh, It's a good question, just real quick on this, um, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Any preliminary guesses as to who will replace Zach Selman at OU? Um, It's a big job. It's it's a very important job. I know that. It is – it is not essentially. I mean, it's like number three, and you know, in everything that he oversaw, and everything that Zach was in charge of, it's a lot. And I think there's a ton of really good internal candidates. I think having the opportunity to work for Joe Castiglione is something that several young up and comers would want the opportunity to be a part of. I mean, we've got really good internal candidates. I mean, really good. But we'll see. Um, it's a great question. I don't know. But I hate to see Zach go, but I'm really happy for him. Zach Selman, new AD at Mississippi State. Big story number four. Number four. Josh, we haven't talked about this much today, but what did you make of Garrett Riley leaving TCU for Clemson? Many thought the spot he would land would be A&M, but they hired Bobby Petrino. Some thought Alabama, but I guess he couldn't wait. Dabo Sweeney goes one year, quote-unquote, in-house and decides, all right, I'm making a change. I thought it was a pretty ballsy move by Dabo. Yeah, it shows that uh, he's not messing around. He's He wants the absolute best candidate to to be there right now to, to get that offense fixed and to a championship level. I think makes sense for all parties, right? TCU, you're not taking a, a chance that maybe this is a one-and-done type situation. If you're Garrett Riley, you're jumping to somewhere that has a proven track record for attracting the best talent in college football for winning national championships recently to position yourself to to be a head coach in the future, right? So, yep. And, you know, for Dabble, obviously, it's not, not messing around. It's getting the absolute best that uh, is currently out there. Hustling on, big story number three. Number three. Oh. 
gosh, I wish we had more time for this today, Josh. I really do. But Joe Mixon's, uh, I think as the kids would say, Joe Mixon is talking that talk right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. We're the big dogs of the AFC, and everybody knows that. They're gunning for us, but and we know we're going to get everybody best shot. But at the end of the day, if we're not turning the ball over and taking care of the little things, um, we can't be beat. So we just got to go ahead and we're going to take everybody's best shot, but they better be ready to take ours. Now, I don't know if you could hear it as clearly as I felt like I could hear it off the air. Joe Mixon claiming the Bengals are the big dogs. Josh, your thoughts? Well, they're the defending AFC champions, so if he feels that way, no, no reason that uh, – I mean, it's okay. not like he's crazy. I would probably caution him against putting the big target on the back if you can avoid it yeah. just because most people aren't doing that. But, hey, good for him, man, being confident. That's a really good team. It's not going to shock anyone if they're back in the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, today we did learn that indeed Mike Williams is out for the – playoff opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, oh, by the way, you get the Jaguars again in prime time on Saturday night. Here's your schedule tomorrow, 3.30, Seahawks at Niners on Fox, 7.15 tomorrow night, Chargers, Jaguars on NBC. Sunday morning, high noon for the Dolphins and the Bills, 3.30 for the Giants and the Vikings, and in prime time, the Ravens and the Bengals, and then Monday night football, Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Big story number three. Two. Number two. Nice win last night. Dominant win on the road for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Down the lane on Harden in transition. Pulls up hops. 13-foot jumper won't drop. It's out the back of the room, but it does drop. I thought it was long, but he got the back rim and down. We talked about it yesterday. Or yesterday, what am I saying? We talked about it back in hour one of the show, Josh. You almost get the sense that the Thunder are demanding our attention right now. That is, that is a solid win last night over a Philadelphia 76er team that – you know, didn't rest a lot of guys. They went out, they played their dudes, and they dominated the Sixers in the second half. Yeah, it's fun little nucleus that Oklahoma City's putting together. And, and I think it's fun to watch Oklahoma City basketball again, which it's it's been a couple of years since we could say that. That's right. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, listen, we've been at the Lloyd Noble Center all day long. We've been hanging out with the OU women's basketball team. We've been here for uh, Porter Moser's practice with his guys. OU's got a doubleheader tomorrow. Women's game is at 2, men's game is at 11 a.m. There's a great special going on right now at Soonersports.com slash hoops. That's Soonersports.com slash hoops as we dive into OU basketball and a huge day for the Sooners coming up tomorrow. We'll give you a preview and wrap up the Plank Show next right here on The Ref. How you feeling overall, Josh, about your chances tonight? Uh, to win the bowling event? To win the game, as Teddy would say. Who wins the game? I mean, not, not I don't know. I, I guess I'm feeling great. Not great. Uh, are there Scooby snacks involved tonight, or do we know? Good question. I would imagine so, right? That's been the uh, pattern in the past. Well, I, I hear from what the buzz was, is that Pierce might be a bit of a ringer. So Sounds like it. Good on Pierce. Anyway, um, who wins the game tomorrow? Josh, you get a hungry West Virginia team coming in here. The Sooners keep rolling. Well, let me rephrase that. I know Saturday. I know uh, a loss to Kansas doesn't necessarily mean you're rolling, but the way they played was pretty well. I like the Oklahomas. I like the Oklahomas. I like the Sooners' chances for a sweep tomorrow. I think we're getting a sooner sweep as well. Yeah, this is uh, an Oklahoma team that 
the the men's side feels like you know even despite the loss to Kansas has has found its rhythm here a little bit and it's a huge game in terms of once we get down the road are they going to have an at large bid or not they have to get this game versus West Virginia so if you missed any of today's show uh, it is podcasted and we spent an hour talking with the stars of the OU women's basketball program and it was a blast thanks to Jenny Baranchek for coming on with us uh, Nevea Tot it was great. Liz Scott, good conversation with Maddie Williams, among others. It's on the podcast page at, I almost gave the old website, kref.com. That's kref.com. Or however you consume podcasts, simply search K-R-E-F. All right, I got one final how you feeling, Josh. You ready? This is a very important one. Any upsets in the playoffs this weekend? Any Cinderella stories developing? I could see Jacksonville bouncing uh, the Chargers, if you want to call that. I don't even know. Is that a Vegas upset or no? I think the Chargers are like a point-and-a-half favorite. So, I mean, it's basically a pick So, I could see that one happening. Uh, Miami, no. Uh, let's see. Seattle, no. That Baltimore, would be the no. true Cinderella. Baltimore, no. I could see Seattle winning. It's hard to beat a team three times. I will add this. Wouldn't it just be the most Brock Purdy thing based on our time with him in the Big 12, to see him absolutely go out and lay an egg in a big situation. (laughs) And we'd be able to go, that's the Brock Purdy we all got to know and love in Big 12 country. (laughs) That's the Brock Purdy we know. All right, everyone enjoy the weekend. Uh, I'll be back with you on Tuesday for Josh and for, hey, thanks to Josh Petit and all the great work he did in putting this show together for us uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. You all have a great day. Steel Man and Thune at noon are next Right here on The Ref.